0: Well, hello and welcome to Wise Children's Podcast with me, Emma Rice, and Simon Baker. Hello. (laughs) So it's Sunday the 13th of January and we are in Simon's office and we thought it would be a good moment to talk to you all about how the new year's going. As you can hear, we've both got colds.
1: We have, yeah, we have definitely got colds. Sorry, I'm just confused because I think it's sasty today. (laughs) That's why I stopped I thought, is it, is it Sunday? And then I thought you were trying to be really clever Like pretending it was Sunday And then I thought, I don't know what the benefit of that is It's Saturday You're not back at work tomorrow
0: oh.
1: You were going to be like one of those kids That turn up at school on the wrong day <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I'm actually a little bit happy Because I've got more time you,
1: you got more time than you thought Than I thought Yeah, look
0: at that <laughs> What a cracking start to our <laughs> podcast
1: anyway, anyway, it's Saturday the 13th of January
0: no, 12th, surely. No, it's the 13th. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, and I was also happy that it might not be unlucky, but anyway. Oh, my God. What a terrible start to our podcast. Right. It's Saturday. We're in Simon's office. We've both got colds, but we're powering through. And it's been quite the start to the year, hasn't
1: it? It has been... Yeah, it's not been uneventful so far.
0: <clears throat> and so we're in week... We've just finished week two of rehearsals for Bluebeard and bear with me because I'm obviously not very good at dates at the moment but the first week of January um, I think New Year's Day was Monday yeah. and then we decided to not start rehearsals till the Wednesday the 3rd partly to be kind to people and give people a nice Christmas break partly because we were feeling confident and happy and partly because we needed to get TLC the lucky chance ready for rehearsals so some of us were going to go and do a big clear up and sort out on the 2nd um, and then I'm also laughing because I think we ended the end of our year roundup with me saying I felt absolutely great about this year and that the unlucky times were over and the <laughs> and everything was going to go right from now on. And then of course on New Year's Eve we got the phone call that you dread for all the reasons from my new brilliant leading lady Isabel Adamako Young, um, telling us that she'd been in an accident and was injured. And at that point was actually st- stuck out of, um, out of the UK. And now I, when I heard about her injuries, I mean, first of all, thank the gods and the heavens and everything that she and her family are all well. So thank goodness. But I knew, I knew that you can't start a rehearsal process injured. And it took a few days for that to be confirmed. But poor Isabel brilliant Isabel, exciting Isabel, um, had to pull out of the project. So we started week one with only three days' work, with no leading lady, um, and the trying to cast, and of course loads of agents were on holiday. So we were sort of trying to start a production, but without the right people in the room, and trying desperately to get calls answered. Um, so... We've done it, is the big answer to the question. You know, um, we found a fantastic new Lucky, which is the character's name, appropriately, Robin Sinclair, who came down on Monday to interview and meet the company. And we offered the job and joined us on Tuesday afternoon. So we've just finished our first week with her. But obviously, we had to catch up on all the work that we'd done in the first few days. So it all feels quite chaotic, is what I would say. It feels a little bit chaotic. I can't remember who was in which session and who knows what. But, 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 this is a really powerful show. And it's palpable in the room. So the chaos is will just be got through and there was nothing anybody could have done about it. Um, The spirit is amazing with the company. Um, The the work is really good. It's just really complicated and we're trying to remember it and remember who knows what. But I am feeling, I I just said to you before we started recording, that one of my superpowers as a director, we can discuss all the others at some point, but one of them is I'm really good at at timing a process I know how to hit the markers and how to get a show ready and I know that I'm late I feel that we lost week one we've been catching up in week two and now I've got two weeks to get a new ambitious challenging show open and ready and I know I'm late oh good <laughs> <laughs> yeah what can do with that Si oh, I don't I think you... oh definitely We'll definitely do it, but I, as I say, I, I don't. I, I have a little bit more. Uh, my heart beats very slowly, doesn't it? I'm a very relaxed person, but I would say I've got a little bit of the. Uh, I've got a bit of the nerves going yeah. on. Yeah,
1: but it's a. It, I mean, not to deter you, but it's it's a complicated story told on quite a complicated set. <laughs> Is that <laughs> making you feel any better?
0: No, I don't think it is. And what I'm actually laughing at is especially as we're doing a podcast. Um, but my dear dear amazing one of my oldest friends Vicky Mortimer and one of the best designers in the country has designed the set for Bluebeard and it's been it's a really difficult challenge because there's two I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's a fairy tale that works alongside a modern story and the set had to answer quite a lot of difficult challenges. And Vicky has come up with a fantastic concept, but obviously it hasn't arrived yet. And it, what's really funny is poor Vic has to keep explaining to us what it is and we all have to keep going, okay, I, th- I say to her, I, I've got it. Could you just explain again what that curtain does, what that panel does? But anyway, we've I've got there now, but we've still, now we've got a room of people. It involves a truss, a box, panels on rails that go around and curtains that can swish and swag and lots of cupboards.
1: I know, I've seen them all. (laughs)
0: Loads and (laughs) loads of... Can't move the cupboards. um, But yeah, there's lots of... So of course we're in a rehearsal room with none of this stuff in apart from the cupboards and we're having to imagine where these curtains and panels go um, as well as devising a show and getting a company together. Most
1: people know that. Most people realise you don't actually rehearse on the set and in costume until you get into the theatre. So rehearsals are done not on the set. And we sort of stand in bits and pieces and bits of a key lot of
0: imagination, isn't yeah. there? You know, we you you Yeah, you've got tape on the floor and you're imagining what's what's around you. But we're definitely all trying to get our head round. But when it's there, it's very simple. And in fact, you know, I, I do get this set, and Vic's I've looked at the model box, but also looked at all the drawings, and I do understand it. But it's it's quite a leap. And that's really down to its its brilliance, but I bet there'll be, the tech is going to be funny. There's definitely going to be curtains closing when they should be open and people being revealed when oh, <laughs> they're just, not expecting to be just revealed. Just knowing
1: which, round, which way around anybody should be standing at any point. I know, point
0: going to I don't know. I get I get giggly thinking and, about it. And the
1: plot, I, I personally I've never found the plot complicated, but the plot is quite complex because you're running two timelines simultaneously, which overlapping story, but not necessarily a narrative. Yeah. So for people that don't know, what's Bluebeard about? Because, and I ask this because most people I speak to, they say, what's the next wise children say? They say, oh, I'm doing Bluebeard. And they go, oh, that's that's a departure for Emma Rice to be doing a show about pirates. (laughs) But Bluebeard's not about pirates, (laughs) is it? No. I don't
0: know. Is there a pirate called Bluebeard?
1: Well, uh, given that most people seem to think there is, I'm going to go with yes. There was presumably a famous pirate called Bluebeard. What did he do? Well, I, I, I don't know. I can make some stuff up. <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about the pirate Bluebeard. Well,
0: he's not a pirate. No. He's a simple, mythical, folkloric Serial killer. I don't know why anybody's got a problem with that.
1: So, is blue? Bluebeard, so, bluebeard's an old one of the older yeah. folktales. All
0: joking aside, there's many, many bluebeards that have run through many different cultures. And it's a very simple story, actually, which is a young woman marries a man with a blue beard who is very charming and very loving. And he goes away to work and he says to her, Enjoy my house. You can go in any room you like. Here are the keys, you can do whatever you like, except don't go in that room. Don't use this key to go in that room. And the girl is curious, or the woman is curious, and opens the door to that room and finds all the bodies of his previous wives that he's murdered. And then he threatens to murder her. And she is usually in folklore rescued by her brothers Um, But it's to do with how she uses her wits to get out of the clutches of a serial killer. Nasty stuff, eh?
1: Yeah, so far, nasty.
0: Well, it is nasty. It is. And I suppose I'm I'm being all chipper and everything. And actually, this story is the, the opposite of chipper, which is... I've never liked it. I've never liked Bluebeard. I find it really deeply creepy. As you know, I rage against the screen because I'm so fed up of seeing dead women... Um, and a lot of my work has sort of given life to women who might otherwise have died you know I, I sort of can't bear the cultural fascination in the the death of the young beauty um and I used to think that Bluebeard was was about leaving men to their privacy which I thought was sort of gendered and narrow that but sort of warning women not to probe into secrets because you might find something that you don't want. Um, so I think and I, and then because there was the bodies of dead women I felt there was some misogyny deep in its core but as what happens to me it's probably almost two years ago now I suddenly sort of woke up thinking I think I want to tell Bluebeard and got the book down and looked at it again with sort of older wiser eyes and of course it is thick with misogyny but I thought that's why I want to tell it is <sighs> The regular chime of women who are being murdered and sort of almost worse, the legion of women who are abused that don't make the headlines. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. I've had enough. I've I've had enough of hearing those stories. I've had enough of us sort of thinking it's just what happens. I'm worried about whether it's worse because of the internet and... Um I'm worried about the questions and I, I sort of wanted to make an angry piece and uh I wanted to rage against male violence and and sort of make, make a stand. And it is quite rare, you know. I'm not very I'm not very political with a capital P in that way, but I think this is a very political piece of work, you know. I think it's really examining um consent and abuse. Um, and violence, and the effects of violence on women. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what else to say apart from, I suppose, um, it's still going to be funny because I, I can't really make work that isn't, but it's really serious, this. Really serious.
1: Your work at Nehi, there was but, but there was a lot of folk tales that you drew from at that point. So whether it's Wild Bride or Red Shoes or Tristan Old. And then wise children started with wise children. Then we did romantics and Mallory and Wuthering Heights and Baghdad Cafe. And but this is kind of going back to that folklore. Mm. What what do you think that shift was?
0: I think I think it's instinctive, and I think it. Hopefully it's smart. But I think especially after the pandemic and the post pandemic, which was actually even tougher, I think. And what's happening with the world? You know, I mean, I I don't know about everybody. I'm feeling out, I have been feeling out of control. It feels like the country's out of control, that the world is spinning out of control. It's it's a scary place. And if you put climate change into that, as well as the wars that are breaking out, you know, this is a scary place. And the cost of living, and the fact that regional theatres are really struggling. You know, whichever way you look, it's scary times. Um... And I don't want to go over old ground, but I think, you know, Wuthering Heights was a, a project planned pre-pandemic and we held onto it and we pushed it through and we, we sort of were, were almost bullish, um, like we will return to what we were going to do. And I actually think with a bit more time, we, we have to stop thinking what we would have done pre-pandemic. We have to think about what we're going to do now. And the lucky chance is part of that, which is saying we're going to go local, we're going to Put down roots, we're going to create a space in which we can create our own little bubble of creative safety and community. And I think going back to my folk roots is part of that, which is saying I'm going to go back to magical. material to metaphorical material to universal material that that really really matters and to listen to those stories that that continue to tap me on the shoulder but i think it's it's a smaller company than wuthering heights which i think is smart and of course it's smart because the wage bill will be smaller but actually it's smart because you can get a smaller team to in, invest in each other and the work and, to, and we can grow back again. So I think it's really, really thinking, how can I return to some really fertile ground?
1: And it's... Because your work's changed, or well, your process has changed. I've noticed that. Your process has changed since those times at Nehi. So this is probably more structured than, your, than you would have... So those early folk tales, you wouldn't have gone in with a fully... With a full script, and you didn't go into this with an absolute full script. You went into it with quite a big, a large chunk of the script done. Whereas those early shows, there would be fragments of writing, or pieces of writing, or a poem, or a, and then during that process, you knit them together. Um, and then, Wise Children and, and those shows were much more scripted and less devised. There's lots of devising within them, but they're, there's, there's there's a sort of there's a much bigger structure from you. And this seems to be somewhere between the two. You kept saying, I'm not going to write a script, I'm just going to write a treatment. And then you did kind of write almost a script, pretty much a script. With or a script, we or, could call it. Or a it, script, but you know, with space in it for actors to bring their bits to it. But has that been a conscious shift?
0: Well, the only thing that's certain in life is change, isn't it? So the only thing you can't do is return to who you were and you, you can't go back in time. So I think some of it is just that there was a freewheeling nature to those early knee shows, which is impossible to replicate. Nothing is the same. You know, the people, the space, myself, nothing is the same. The industry. Um, and I don't find that sad, actually, you know, how wonderful that I had that, but I can't replicate that. Uh, we... We're working at a really high level at Wise Children. Not only do performers need to know, and we didn't even always know what characters we were going to play. We'd just rock up on day one. So I think you know now people do need to know what they're going to play. I and and producers need to know they're going to get a great show you know I don't feel and I need to prove to them that I'm going to deliver a great show so I think that happens and I think there's another big thing which is I've written this alone so I would often always have been working with other writers in those early days so it was easier to free because somebody else was going to do that writing and um, I'm conceiving it writing it and directing it so that work had to be done in advance. I've had three workshops so actors have absolutely fed into the depth and complexity of that script as it is now becoming. And and the way I write is how always I have with other writers as well, is there's huge... I mean, the, the, the scene that we was referred to in Tristan and Isolt is there's a scene, for anybody who's seen it, which is when King Mark and Isolt get back together after her long affair with Tristan. And it's amazing. It's in that um, we play Nick Cave's sweetheart Come and we watch two mature, broken people who've had their hearts broken find a way back to each other, and the audience is in tears. In the play script, it goes, Queen Isalt and King Mark get back together. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one line. And that still lives on in Bluebeard. You know, there are descriptions yeah. of they have a picnic and there are delights, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which will be a, a, a big number. So all of that devising comes... But also the work's got more complicated. You know, I, I, I look back with such affection to the Red Shoes and how simple it was. And as I say, I'd, I'd love to be that person again. I'm not. Bluebeard is, is going to be a richer cake than that. The components are meatier. My understanding of my craft is meatier. And these issues demand it. This This, this needs care and rigour. And that's what we've given it.
1: I'm working in two timelines as well, which is, so Bluebeard, the character Mm -hmm. in your production Mm -hmm. is a magician. Yes. So there's been a lot of
0: magic to learn. Yes, which as we know is very cheap and doesn't take any time at all. Never
1: takes any time (laughs) to learn magic. So we're going to, so we will get Bluebeard's magic show at some point, presumably. Yeah. Or a bit of a magic show. Yeah. Yeah still lots of music
0: tons of music and this has been a really gorgeous return to my old time collaborator Stu Barker we did many shows with Stu Don John Tristan and his old, Wild Bride Red Shoes you know yeah. all, all the we go back years and it's been a few years since we've worked together so working with Stu Barker again and it's he's written a hypnotic and brilliant set of songs to go with this show
1: That's going to be brilliant. And he's playing in it as well, isn't he? He's back on stage playing in it.
0: He's on stage.
1: Wow. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Did you want to talk about the modern timeline at all? I don't
0: want to do too much spoilers, no. No. I think it's hard. I've basically got one... Bluebeard is set in the 1970s-ish, in a magical 1970s-ish era. Um, There's another storyline, which is modern day. And then there's a framing device, which will reveal itself, but that is the uh, the convent of the fearful, fucked and furious. <laughs> I told you it was going to be funny. It has to be funny. You cannot deal with this amount of upsetting material and not be funny. And the sisters are very, very funny.
1: I'm just now thinking, if, when I edit this, do I have to tick that box to say that it uses rude words?
0: Well, yeah, you do, because I use... The word fuck quite a lot in the script as well. It is necessary with this subject matter.
1: Okay, good.
0: Sorry, everybody.
1: <laughs> upset the school kids.
0: Oh, I read it. I had a programme about that the other day, really. And there's so much swearing. I think we have to reassess what's yeah. appropriate and what's not. So
1: you've got two weeks left.
0: Yeah. Stop saying it, sorry. Si. Two weeks. Stop it. Uh,
1: no, I'm looking forward to because I'm in rehearsals next week, I think. Um, And we'll try and put some... No, start piecing it together before we get to the I need some, in
0: fact, because <laughs> I'm using a lot of actor musicians, two timelines, lots of curtains, lots of panels. Imagine how complicated this is. But what happens is I've got one set of actors, let's say, in the fairy tale bit, so the modern actors are in the band, and then we whiz a curtain across, and I go into the modern day, but I have to get the actors behind their instruments to go into the band. So there are these. And I keep going, amazing sound effect. So you're going to have to be doing amazing sound effect to cover basically cover scampering, actor-musicians getting to their instruments.
1: I wonder what that's going to be.
0: Amazing is what it's going to be. Well, I
1: should look forward to that next week. And then we're into Bath. I know. When do we open in Bath?
0: We open in Bath.
1: When, when, when do people <laughs> currently believe we might be opening in Bath? We
0: are. No, we will do. I'm ne- I've i never missed a preview. I'm not going to miss a preview. Oh. We open in Bath on the 2nd of February
1: okay and we're there for I think we're there for two weeks aren't we and then we're off around the country for yeah. a bit before we get to London Can't we
0: end when. in London yeah
1: and we've got no dates
0: <laughs> well we have got dates no but I mean we've yes. got Emma, dates, Emma Rice and Simon Baker don't have any don't dates don't have the dates yeah. in front of them yeah that's alright we'll be doing other podcasts but yeah we open on the 2nd of Feb we're going to get there but I think it's going to be an intense couple of weeks is what I think and you know we're going to use that old. we used to say it all the time at NEI and we just have to hold our nerve you know and what matters I feel really, really confident about. You know, the, the the work is important and vital and you can feel it in the room. It's a we're we're on the edge of something powerful. And of course it's gonna be bumpy to start with, but that's okay. Bumps always even themselves out. If you hold your nerve, stay strong. Nobody else has any more accidents.
1: Let's hope, let's hope for no more accidents. that would
0: be good. We'll power through this lurgy that we've all got. Yeah. You know, but that's part of the course now, isn't it? Just yeah. Powering through.
1: We'll, we'll we'll try and record some bits of music next week, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't feel like you're going to have much time.
0: No, we'll do it. We're going to have time. Maybe we'll do something. There's time for everything. Yeah. Yeah, let's do one on music because there's some cracking tunes. Well,
1: let's try and record some music and play that next week. All right. All right. Very good.
0: I'm going to go and... Um, Use my the day that I've just discovered I've got my extra day.
1: Got a whole day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Sai.
1: Thanks, Anne.